one. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Shannon and welcome to Casuals Only with friends where I knock the mic in the very beginning of the show. I, you know, think that it makes a very ASMR-like quality to it, you know, just <laughs> really gets you ready for the show. Um, hey everyone, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, today I am joined by uh, two lovely podcast veterans. Um, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself? First, I have Miss Sarah. Hello. Hey, girl. How's how, everyone? How you doing, girl? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I had a busy day, so I'm doing well. Nice. Are you ready to talk about some Cobra Kai? I am very ready to talk about some Cobra Kai. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Last I remember, um, you were like the biggest fan of the original films. Yes, I love Karate Kid. I had such a crush on uh what's his name, Ralph. Oh my gosh, who, yes. Who plays Dan LaRusso. Oh my gosh, I thought he was such a babe. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Well, I'm so excited to get that enthusiasm for uh, today's episode. Um, we're also joined today by uh, Mr. Berto. How you doing, dude? I'm doing great. How's it going? Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, happy new year. Happy new year. I'm excited Woo. to talk some Cobra Kai. I didn't have a headband, so I busted out my red like knit tie. And <laughs> oh, yes. I'm getting into characters, so I was like pff, wrapping it around my head. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's talk about Cobra Kai. Our very own karate kid. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. I have my Cobra Kai blanket on my lap because I can't help myself. Um, here's like a little sneak peek. Ooh. It's amazing. Oh. I love it. It's one That's of my amazing. favorite blankets. <laughs> oh, man, you guys. Um, before we get into our lovely season three Cobra Kai discussion, I want to hear about what you guys have been watching, you know, uh, this holiday season, you know, into the new year. Because the last time I talked to both of you guys, uh, we talked about Batman. So obviously, you guys must have seen plenty of things between now and then. Yeah, um, I've been watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Ooh, how is that? It's really good. It's very funny, and it's quick, and it's just beautiful. I love it. I've been and meaning to watch that for the longest. I just can't quite, like, pull the trigger yet, but hearing your praise, you know, I might check yeah, it out. Yeah, just do it. Just start it. It's, it, it. it really is an easy show to watch. Like, you can just sit there and watch it. Mm-hmm. And is it, like, genuinely funny? Because I hear it described as a comedy, you know? Yeah, no, it's funny. I get a good few, like, belly laughs out of it. So, I enjoy it. Nice. nice. I've also been watching, um, what's it called? The Queen's Gambit. Mm. I watched that this season. With Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, I've heard what a, a lot about that. I've yeah, only seen, true. like, half of it. <laughs> You've only seen half of yeah, it? Yeah, I, I still haven't finished it. I don't know. I just feel like after a certain point, like, there's just diminishing returns. I was like, okay, I kind of get the idea here. You know, what else? What else is new? But that was just me personally. I know people who just devoured that show. I mean, chess on Twitch is, like, way big yeah, now. when did that Ever happen? since that show dropped. Yeah, it's insane. So, you know... That's pretty cool that a television show can have that much influence, you know? I need to get back into Especially chess. Especially chess. Yeah. 
<laughs> Were you guys in chess club? I sure shit wasn't. I was no. not. I was in math club. All right. Oh my god. All right. Well, at least you're honest. I was. I was a mathlete. I was the principal of the an or not principal, <laughs> but the president of the anti-bullying club. Hey, I remember hey, that. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I remember that. Yes, the ABC Club. I was very proud. Yeah, I didn't fully embrace. Too. I didn't fully embrace the anime and video gameness of myself until much later on because there was an anime and like video game club in high school. I just enjoyed it. I was like, you know what's cool? Math. I'm gonna join that. Yeah, but I mean, like, let's be honest here. The anime and video game club was always like filled with like the really weird kids, you know, like the ones that would sit in the corner of the classroom and like maybe hiss at you if you looked at them. I mean, yes, I knew a girl like that my freshman year and God bless her, but she drew me like Kingdom Hearts fan fiction. (laughs) But she's the one who got me into like reading manga because we would always meet in the library in the morning. (laughs) It's funny that you say that. And yes, that's true. Those were the kids that generally like that's sort of the archetype that tended to be in those groups. But I'm not going to pretend like I didn't hang out with those kids in the morning before first period bell went off playing like Magic the Gathering or Uno. Oh so like God. these kids were my friends already. And I'm like, I don't know why I just didn't just take the the plunge. I know why. Because I was like, math is fun. That's why. <laughs> you wanted to be like Kevin G. <laughs> mean girls. <laughs> I was like, how you doing? <laughs> get my get my letterman's jacket with the uh, for math club. Yeah, that was me. I mean resident math lead over here what what have you been uh watching lately uh what have i been watching since we last got together to talk uh batman um i finished watching all of supernatural because i had been following that series for the past however long it's been on like 15 years 20 years like half of my life dedication and i saw that it was on netflix and i binged it on netflix to get caught up and then it ended at like season like 15 or whatever the penultimate season was with the remaining couple of episodes still not released because of COVID. And when they finally recorded them and released them on the WB and then when they went on to Netflix, I binged all of that to finally be like, all right, I'm done with the season. I was a little underwhelmed with how it ended. I'm not going to lie. I felt like they kind of rushed through everything. It felt like they were kind of like, now we need to just like end this season now. So like the major storyline, they just kind of ran through the whole thing and you kind of didn't have a moment to like breathe or blink to sort of take in what happened um but i kind of did enjoy the last episode i thought was like that was like a fitting way to end it so i enjoyed that so um i was watching that uh what did i see oh recently i saw the 2020 mockumentary on netflix which was hilarious that that? is hilarious highly recommend super fun it was so good it was really funny and I was like, this is who's like the that? perfect. Uh, who's everyone? Oh yeah, um, Samuel Sam Jackson, Jackson is in um, it. Uh, who else is in it? Um, he's the only one I remember because he's like the, the most dark, vocal then. one that I can remember. Um, Here, I can look Hugh Grant is in it. He plays like a he plays like a history professor and like heavy makeup, and he's really fun. What? Yeah, he's in it. Um, what's what's her name? Who played the the mother in How I Met Your Mother? She's in it, and she plays like uh, a very Karen archetype. <laughs> It, it is sick. hilarious. I'll have to I, check it out then. You said it's on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Sweet. Anything anything else y'all have been watching that you maybe want to mention? Rewatched Evangelion. <gasps> yes. I rewatched. Is it your first time? 
No, no, no. Re- first time in like a while, but I rewatched it because I saw that it was on nice. Netflix, and I'm like, you know what? I need something new to watch. So I like went through the whole, you know, 26 episodes in like two or three days. And had your wife seen it before? No, she hadn't. But it's definitely I. I know what kind of anime she's into, and I know Evangelion wouldn't be her cup of tea. She, um, but through <laughs> what her kind of anime is she into? She she was rewatching. She started rewatching recently Inuyasha because that's on Netflix also. So we're sort of like watching Inuyasha also. So while she, yeah. So we're going through all the old school anime. Nice. I've been rewatching uh the uh the new version of Fruit Baskets. Oh, I love on that one. I yeah. love it. It's so good. I love it's Kyo. So good. <laughs> Kyo has always been my favorite since like high school, since I first found Fruits Basket. <laughs> I remember reading it back in middle school and didn't even know that like they had a TV show version of it. Yeah, Fruits and then Basket. When I discovered it, it was so great. What? Fruits Basket is like, um, you know, like that slice of life anime that like I just can't help but go back to. Like Orin High School mm-hmm. Host Club. It's just mm-hmm. these guilty pleasures that are just like, you know, super cute. They're so nostalgic. It's like Sailor and, Moon. Yeah, I love them so much. Um, I finished watching the my hero academia movie that came out in 2020 i was so behind i was so late in watching it because i had really wanted to see it in the theater but that just didn't work out and then i had waited and waited and waited for it to come out and you know what i finally pulled the trigger and rented it fuck i love that show so much (laughs) it's just good anime shonen goodness fuck it i don't even care like they literally go super saiyan at the end it's just so amazing i still have to watch that i have no idea what that show is even about oh it's so good i mean it's low-key about eugenics but forget (laughs) about that (laughs) also is is being like like anime sky high is is being class 2a like a thing in uh in anime and manga like your homerooms and your classes, like their I'm class. I'm sure that's a thing. Yeah. Okay. Because I was one. Because I'm like I. That's one of the things that I didn't notice when I first watched uh, Evangelion, and but I was watching it now, and every time they would flash the class, like two ways, like a big thing, and I'm like, is that a specific thing where like this is the class, like this is the special class where everyone who is like the protagonist just happens to be in, or is it like like you said a homeroom class where you know it's one of many classes that you're in. Well, I thought that um, My Hero Academia was class 1A. I thought it was 2A. Oh, never mind. If it's 1A, then <laughs> it's 1A. please disregard previous rants. <laughs> but, like, I mean, you were on to something there. I mean, in Japanese schools, from what I can gather, they do have different, like, assigned classrooms mm-hmm. as their homerooms. I mean, and you see it in Fruits Basket, too, you know. So that's, like, your dedicated classroom. And you take care of it, and you make sure it's clean, and everybody has their daily duties. But what do I know? I'm a fucking weeb. Way (laughs) different than things here in the U.S. They're like, they're probably like, "Wow, Shannon Son, you're so stupid." (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, But yeah, that movie's great. Um, And if you haven't seen My Hero Academia, just do it. It's a great TV show. It's just like, it's just good fun. And, like, my partner, who doesn't even like shonen anime, really likes My Hero Academia. I think it's just pretty universal. I think the fandom is a little bit toxic, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Yeah. So, let's uh, get into the 
bare bones, the meat of the show, you know, like the the good stuff, which is uh, Cobra Kai season three. Uh, this is the first season that Netflix has, you know, produced from start to finish. It's the same cast, you know, the same group of people working on the show, but it's backed by Netflix this time instead of YouTube Premium. Um, you guys, I would like to hear what your overall spoiler-free impression of the show is. Of the show in general, or All just of my predictions of, of of season three. Okay, of season three in general, spoiler-free. What were your overall impressions? Well, I I like I love the fact that it's it was supposed to come out what this Friday. Um, as of when we're recording this, this is Friday, January 8th. And Billy Zapka is just like, fuck it. We're releasing it on January 1st. How do you like them yeah. apples? I love that <laughs> because that means that on New Year's Day, I was like, I'm watching all of season three in one sitting. And I was <laughs> very happy that I did. It did not disappoint. Nice. Sarah? I really liked it. Um all of my predictions were true, we found out. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, we went back before the show, before we started recording the show, to see what we had said about the show and our predictions at the end of that podcast. And um, it's definitely interesting, the outcomes, <laughs> you know, especially looking back on it. Um, I agree with you guys. It was a great season. I was... Super thrilled to hear that it had released so early. I mean, it was just such a great way to start 2021. You know, at least for me, because Cobra Kai was a show that I discovered in 2020 during COVID, during the quarantine, during this like fucking ridiculous pandemic. And Cobra Kai was like the one thing, not the one thing, but one of many things that just was like, I, I grew super attached to. So for it to drop in 2021 was super exciting. I was super pumped about it. But you guys finished the show before me. <laughs> Both of you texted me like a day apart. Like, oh, I, I finished the show already. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I'm still only on episode three. <laughs> oh, man. So I really had a lot of like catch up to play. <laughs> In order to make this podcast happen, see, I'm I just still can't believe that this whole series was born out of a YouTube Red, you know, um, proposed series. I like it just boggles the mind that when YouTube like had their premium service, their YouTube Red, and they're like, yeah, we want to do a Cobra Kai series. And at first, it seemed kind of like, oh yeah, that could be fun, and it evolved into like such a kick-ass show. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, that leads into my next question, which is, you know. Is it best that the show went to Netflix? Like, could you really tell a difference maybe in the quality or, you know, was Netflix faithful to how it was from the jump? Do you think even moving to Netflix made a difference? I think so. I think they must have had like a bigger budget being on Netflix compared to like YouTube Red. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would imagine so. I, I mean, I'm not a film major or like a film like intensive, you know, like I pick out scenes and like study cinematography by any means, but I'm sure like if I really sat down and compared like what season one looked like to what season three looks like, I'd be like, oh yeah, like this camera like angle looks nicer or you could tell that this sequence looks way more gussied up than this action sequence. So if you, if I really sat down and looked at it, you could probably tell the, you know, the 
production quality difference. Yeah, for sure. Well, all right, you guys, let's let's go ahead and run through the season, uh, kind of episode by episode. I have these little synopses, synopsi, synopsises. I don't fucking know. Basically, <laughs> of, of the season. So, you know, we'll know exactly where we are as we review this. All right. So season three starts with episode one, Aftermath. Um, and as Berto had mentioned earlier, the whole season dropped January 1st, 2021. So this is this takes place two weeks after the school fight where everybody just throws hands. The dojos are set tripping in their fucking high school. And it fucking rocks the town, man. Rock and roll, baby. And um, everyone kind of comes to grip with the consequences. So the school has since put in this weird initiative that's like, you know, not fists, like hugs. I don't know. <laughs> Do you guys remember that shit? Oh, it's yes. like thugs, not hugs or some- something like like a what they described it's like it's like dare but you know actually successful yes exactly um and everyone's just kind of like this is bullshit this is pretty stupid um and you know what uh sam realizes that she's still shaken by her encounter with tori and you know a duel between the two the two dojos is still strong uh johnny who wants to visit Miguel in the hospital because he was fucking put in the hospital at the end of the last season. Ugh, that, that's, you know what? Mm, that final <laughs> scene always gets to me. I'm like, whenever they... And, and they cut to that scene so many times in like season three where they show him like falling. And I'm like, I don't need to keep seeing yeah. that. Everyone was traumatized, Ugh. including Miguel, who was literally in a coma. <laughs> yeah. So Johnny tries to get in, um, but they're telling him that it's only friends and family. So he fucking slams his face into the wall <laughs> so he can sneak into the ICU and talk to Miguel. And there's this really cute moment where, you know, his mom, Miguel's mom and grandma are talking to him, you know, trying to motivate him to wake up from his coma. And the doctor says, hey, talk to him about something that he really loves. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that in Miguel's coma dreams, he's dreaming of the All-Valley Tournament. And then Johnny comes and, you know, starts talking to him about karate. And homeboy fucking is, you know, starting to maybe feel something to wake up. Anyway, Daniel finds out that Robbie stole a van from the dealership. <laughs> and Daniel and Johnny team up to find him. Goddamn Robbie. <laughs> Robbie is a fugitive. <laughs> he's, he's running from the law. He's an outlaw. I love the fact that the re- the way they found out that a car was missing is like Daniel's cousin. What's his name? Vinny. Ralph, I, I'm giving him like a generic Italian name because that's what they this gave him. Big I'm sure Italian stereotype. But he's like, oh yeah, I like I put everything onto a spreadsheet and I did like a cross analysis, and all of a sudden this guy's like an inventory master, and he's like, yeah, you guys yeah. are missing a car, and that's how they find out. I I kind of love that little that little insertion moment where he's like, oh yeah, I just like check your inventory and I did a a V lookup and I figured out you guys are you guys are out of stock. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, when did that happen? Sarah, what do you think about this uh, first episode we start with? Um, it's pretty timid compared to, like, the rest of the season. 
And I think I just like kind of struggled to really pay attention in the beginning. Um, but I agree with you, Birdo, all the way. <laughs> like, um, I just thought that whole little like um, scenario that they created with the cousin was really funny. Yeah, there's some really good um, character moments in this show. And I think that's what makes this season really stand out is that it's really about, you know, the central characters and, you know, the the world around them, so to speak. Um, I agree with Sarah. I think the first episode was pretty um, blase, blase, meh, compared to how electric and hard-hitting the end of season two was to start with season three it didn't really start with a bang it was just more so kind of reintroducing us to like this is where we are and this is how everyone's reeling but um not too too much happens in the episode other than figuring out that robbie's on the run Mm -hmm. because miguel doesn't wake up this episode that doesn't happen (laughs) it's just whatever yeah he's, anyway, just, he's just still fighting his like he's just still fighting that uh the all valley tournament in like in his sleep trying to get back to you know get back to good yeah all right so then episode two is called nature versus nurture so daniel and johnny visit shannon which is so awkward for me every time i see her because she's such a shitbag <laughs> but we have the same name Anyway, they visit Shannon, Robbie's mom, in the rehab center in order to look for Robbie. And she tells them, you know, go talk to his piece of shit friends, <laughs> which they do. Uh, they visit them and they kind of have this really cute um, good cop, bad cop moment, right? Mm-hmm. That was great. When <laughs> And when, when he's driving and his, his wife, I don't know if he calls his wife or the wife calls him. So he picks it up on the Bluetooth and he's like, what are you guys like Tango and Cash and Johnny being like the 80s yes. head that he is? He's like, no, no, no. Tango and Cash were narcotics officers. <laughs> like, yeah. And then he gives like his own suggestion. It's like, I, I love you, Johnny. Please don't change. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love how he's such a caveman too. Like he starts screaming at the radio and he's like, you don't have to yell. You can just talk normally. Yes. <laughs> I also can't remember if it's either this episode or the episode previously where he tries to pawn the laptop <laughs> like, and he's like, it yeah. died after one use. I don't know what, it's just dead. And he's like, have you tried charging? You know what? Never mind. Just, <laughs> you know, like, like this yeah, man like, really is. Have you plugged it in? <laughs> yeah. This man truly is a uh, man stuck in the past. Anyway, um, they basically attempt to find Robbie um and it leads them to this like auto center or like you know junkyard fucking mechanic shop something I don't fucking know um and they go into a karate fight there but you know the karate fight goes sideways and Johnny and Daniel are both stubborn assholes yet again and they go their separate ways that was an awesome fight moment when they finally get to the chop shop, because clearly I don't know if, if Robbie had ditched the car or they stole the car from Robbie, but they were mm-hmm. about to, you know, chop that car up and just like resell it. And they walked into it and they realized, um, we just walked into a chop shop and they still, yeah. they fought their way out. That was an awesome fight. Especially that last, 
like the very last dude they take out were was it I think uh um was it Johnny goes high and uh Daniel goes low and they just like yeah <laughs> I was like that was awesome guys super give us guy. more than this yeah it was really cool seeing them fight you know side by side mm -hmm. but as always in true nature of their fucking relationship they always you know Ugh. want to butt heads i was like guys do you oh i was so upset i'm like do you not realize how awesome you guys are as a pair like if you guys were a team like look what you guys did you just took out an entire you know garage full of dudes with you know big ass tools and chains and you're like maybe a few scrapes here and there but this was awesome and yeah, it was a won. super seat, mm. like a super cool fight. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they don't find Robbie there, but Johnny takes the fucking van that Robbie stole and <laughs> fucks off. <laughs> <laughs> and Larusso's like, "Okay, well, there goes my car from inventory. Whatever." Anyway, he finds Robbie. Daniel finds Robbie at the rehab center talking to his mom, to Shannon, and when he talks to him. He does the ultimate betrayal. Uh, he fucking has the cops there <laughs> ready to arrest his ass. He's like, dude, you can't run from the law. You need to do your time. It'll be much better for you. But Robbie's super, super butthurt about that. And he really doesn't like it. What do you guys think about this? You know, kind of this being the catalyst to why Robbie starts to break his relationship with Danny, with Daniel. I mean, I could sort of see where um, he's coming from because he probably inherit like completely wholeheartedly trust Daniel and the the LaRussos. And he sees this as like a violation of that trust. He's like, oh, you guys are just trying to like send me back, even though he for him, for like the situation that he's in, turning himself in probably gets him an easier sentence than them having to try and track him down and arrest him. But in his eyes, he doesn't see that. He just sees that this is a violation of trust. You guys are pulling the wool over my eyes. You just called the cops on me. Like, fuck it. I'm done with this. Yeah. Sarah, what do you think? Uh, Well, the way you just explained it makes me have more sympathy for him. <gasps> for Robbie? Uh, you had no sympathy for Robbie? No, 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 no. <laughs> I do have sympathy for Robbie. But, like, the way he just put it made, like be sympathized even more mm -hmm. for like like justified how he felt um because i genuinely felt bad for danny when he was like don't talk to me anymore you're was like danny he just simp. cares about you <laughs> you're a daniel larusso simp <laughs> years later <laughs> years later and you still love that man i mean he looks like he hasn't aged it. a day truly Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know he is a cute old man <laughs> about it but you know what i'm more of a johnny lawrence gal <laughs> i'm all about the cheese man and when he he pulls out those greased up photos with the glam shots from the <laughs> 80s bro, with like, the tank top like do you have one with a shirt on here's one with the shirt he's like yeah let's take new pictures he's like no it's such a funny moment because like i mean i 100 percent fully in my heart believe that those were his legit photos his real ass headshots from the 80s and that just brings a big smile to my face um anyway <laughs> anyway um we also at the end of episode two 
guys, episode two at the end, um, we kind of get a little bit more of a sympathy moment for Tori. Uh, we find out that she's struggling as well. She is working jobs on the side to provide for herself, her sibling, and her mother, who is um, revealed to be very ill, mm-hmm. like IV drip and all that stuff, you know? We don't know exactly what it is, but, you know, she's not feeling well, and her Tori's piece-of-shit landlord, skeezy-ass motherfucker, Mm. basically is like, um, you're missing out on the rent, but, you know, if you want to have sex, we could, um, you know, forget about the rent. And it's really gross, and it kind of sucks for her, because she's, you know, having been put in this tough situation, because, you know, she did provoke the fight, but she was left very heartbroken after, you know, seeing Miguel and Sam. So she is not as inherently bad as everyone tries to make her out to be, especially after the karate duel. So it's it's kind of like a, a nice, um, not nice, but it's basically a moment to remind us that like Cobra Kai is all about showing everybody's perspective and that like everyone is someone else's villain in their story you know like Mm -hmm. you're the hero in your own story and someone else is the villain in yours it's very always you know playing both sides and so and that's that's how episode two ends like crease shows up and he um sees tori in trouble and he kind of puts two and two together speaking of like you're the hero of your own story we also start getting flashbacks to crease when he was like uh, yes. he he was a busboy and some like burger joint back in like the fifties in 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 the San Fernando Valley, and you start getting a little bit of his backstory. Mm-hmm. You see, it's not all you know. He wasn't all sadistic at that point. He was like, you know, I wouldn't say he's a nerd because he looked like if he was a nerd back then. Then I'm like, that's the most Jack looking nerd I've ever seen. And he start he's getting picked on by you know some some jock with uh, his girlfriend Betsy, and he gets you know brought out back and gets the shit kicked out of him, but kicks the shit out of the two guys in the end of the you know in, in this fight, and then flash to him getting shipped out to to Vietnam, and he's with the girl Betsy that was in the flashback, and you can tell that they're together, and he's like, yeah, don't worry, I'll come back to you, just wait for me. So you start getting a little bit of insight into what his past was like. Yeah, this is such a great moment for. For Crease and for the show in general, because like I really love how they start the scene, right? Because you see this trio at the diner, this football stud who sounds like Crease, kind of has Crease's demeanor. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was like, oh, Crease is the fucking asshole football jock. Like, oh, he's just been an asshole since the get go. But then, you know, the show pulls the little switcheroo mm-hmm. and it's like, no, he's not the football player. He's the busboy who is working to make ends meet because, and get this, his mom is sick. (laughs) And his mom isn't sick in, like, the conventional way because they pick on him for it. They say, no, your mom's sick in, like, the, you know, mental fucked up way. And he's like, you guys just don't understand, Mm -hmm. you know, her illness. And I think that is such an important character moment for Crease, even though it's mentioned in that, like, one scene and never again because you're putting this guy who's previously bullied and he has a familial history of mental illness running through his family and then you put him in vietnam one of the most contentious conflicts that you know the 
United States had ever seen and all of these young dudes, you know, so he thought he was going to come out a hero and a better man. But you put someone who's predisposed to mental illness in this hero complex in such a crazy environment such as Vietnam, it just makes it makes all of his kind of craziness, his actions kind of come from a place of of reality for him yeah. like he feels like he's doing the right thing yeah it, it, it that and when they showed that scene and then i kind of put two and two together and figured that they're going to give us like glimpses of these flashbacks throughout the season i kind of hated that fact a little bit because up until that point crease was just an asshole that was the villain and you hated him no matter what and when they showed that it kind of gives like crap now i'm gonna be like sympathetic to crease because you can see that he wasn't always an asshole and he is kind of like a victim of the circumstances that he's been put in and at the same time you're like i don't want to feel that i just want him to be the villain because he's so evil (laughs) yeah i mean but again i just go back to saying like that's kind of the point of Mm. cobra kai yeah you know because i'm sure like when everyone had seen Karate Kid for the first time, they're like, man, Johnny Lawrence is a prick. Fuck Cobra Kai. And then you start to learn that, you know, he was fucking mentally and verbally abused by his piece of shit stepfather. You know, his mom was abused. He was bullied before he found karate himself, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, he kind of becomes the bully, but not to him. You know, he gets into one argument with his girl and then he sees her the next day at the beach with fucking... Danny LaRusso. <laughs> so, you know, the whole point is that, you know, not everyone's just this black and yeah. white villain. Um, so it's really cool to kind of get some Crease, you know, backstory. What do you think about, you know, seeing Crease like this in a different light? Or maybe seeing this interpretation of him, Sarah, as someone who had seen the old movies? Yeah, um, well, it mentions in the first movie that he was in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have the idea of, like, knowing that he was in a, in the war before all of this. Um, but you don't really get, like, a backstory of, like, what his home life was. So it was interesting that they're like, yeah, his mom is ill. And then, like, he had this girlfriend who ends up dying. And it's just all very sad. Bro, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. Uh, don't worry, because we're only on episode three. Now you're going to pay. So basically, Johnny asks uh, Bobby for advice and how to help pay for Miguel's surgery. Uh, Miyagi-Do has this really cool, cute car wash sequence where they hold a fundraiser um to help fund money for miguel's surgery and it's this really cute you know high school car wash scene i'm a sucker for those moments like in gotta kick it up uh bring it on i just love high school and car washes (laughs) it's just it's just a fun like concept for me it's just fun (laughs) maybe that's just me but it's just such a trope of you know high school depictions in film did we and ever television. do a car wash? When oh we yeah, we school? fucking did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I I never did. I did. Oh yeah, gotta love them car washes. Working mm-hmm. at the car wash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So Johnny goes to his abusive stepfather. Um. 
in in hopes of getting money to pay for Miguel's surgery because you know Miguel's family is poor as fuck. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, so his stepdad is a piece of shit, but Johnny, being Johnny, uh, steals a vase or some shit and he pawns it off, <laughs> and he makes this anonymous donation to the hospital for Miguel's surgery, and he's like, "Yeah, don't tell the family it's me." And then as soon as he turns around, you know, there's Miguel's family. And I was so happy. I want him to have a Spanish girlfriend so bad. <laughs> he needs that flavor. <laughs> I love, I love, love, love Johnny with Miguel's mom. He needs a little he spice in his life. like his dad. Might as well. Just make him happy, you know? Johnny and Carmen. Yes. Oh, beautiful. And she's beautiful. I think she's she one is of the, beautiful. I think she's one of the most beautiful, you know, like of the moms on the show. You know, I think she is number one. <laughs> she's definitely the hottest. For so, sure. So quick little thing. Um, you remember the little sequence they did when like Johnny was looking for a job and he had like all these um ads circled on a newspaper? Yes, 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 yes. Did you happen to pause it to see what he was looking at? Wasn't there, there one was for like one? a? Didn't he circle one for like a dancer? Yes, yes for like definitely a titty, club, a, a titty club. <laughs> he probably wanted to see some boobs. I love it so much. <laughs> That's uh, what Johnny. I love about this show, though. Like their characters, the characters are true to who they are. You know, they behave and do things in a manner that you would believe. I mean, hash brown me too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just moments like that just really um, add some, you know, nice lightness to the show. Because really sometimes the stuff that they discuss is pretty fucking hardcore. Like Miguel, you know, fucking being in out of his coma now, but he is now faced with the very real reality that he could be paralyzed for the rest of his life. And so they fly out, you know, this big crazy doctor to give him the surgery that he needs, but it's not even a hundred percent possibility that he'd be able to walk again. So at first when I was watching the show, I was like, man, Miguel's being kind of fucking annoying, but you know, I had to step back and be like, yo, he's the one in the fucking coma who woke up and he's pissed because he can't feel his legs. But then I told myself, I was like, yo, at least you're not shitting in a bag um, and your dick still works, which is what Johnny Lawrence exploits when he takes Miguel out. <laughs> and we'll get to that. But, you know, I was like, my baby boy's gonna walk again. I was very positive. I was still hopeful. I don't know about you guys. Like, my partner was like, nah, fam, they're gonna make him, they're gonna fucking Drake from Degrassi his ass. He's gonna be fucking oh, no. paralyzed. <laughs> and I was like, no, don't do this to my baby boy. Because Wheelchair is, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, he would be wheelchair Jimmy. And he'd just be like, you know, <coughs> hanging out at the karate dojos. And I didn't want that for my oh. baby boy. <laughs> like no he'll be fine i was i was hopeful that at the end they were gonna make him that whether it happened midway through the season or like at the very end as sort of like the season finale i knew that they were gonna make him walk again i was like this game this this uh series is it's self-aware enough to know that they're gonna give you that payoff they're not gonna make it it's not one of those series that's like super grounded in reality where if in reality somebody fell from a second story you know, got kicked off, fell on their back. They probably would never walk again. But this series is not that. Like, they're going to make him walk again. 
I mean, yeah, that's what I told myself too. And that's what I told him. I was like, dude, this is fucking Cobra Kai. Like, this is like, this is karate real life anime. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) High school anime drama. He's going to walk again and he's going to defend his All Valley title. That's how this works. (laughs) I don't know about all that. But I know that he's back on his feet, and that's all I really cared about. <laughs> well, if not defend, at least he'll make it to the finals. Oh, man. Oh, this is also the episode. Episode three is also the episode where we learn that um, this is basically what makes Daniel go to Japan, which is not the reason I was expecting at all, if I'm going to be completely honest. I think I was predicting that he would have to take, you know, Robbie and Miguel, maybe, you know, with Johnny to japan to get back to the roots of karate you know that's kind of where my head was at but nope um basically what happens is a rival um auto fucking salesman dealership thing fucking tom (laughs) cole think of the word such an asshole fucking tom cole the douchebag of the century um lands this fucking killer deal with um diona (laughs) <laughs> which is supposed to be Toyota, but let's pretend that, you know, it's Toyota. It's fucking Toyota. Anyway, um, they they land this exclusive contract, and if LaRusso and the gang can't figure it out, then they're going to have to sell their dealership or go under. So he's like, I'm going to go to Japan, and I'm going to fix it. <laughs> I love their Whatever. reaction, their response to when Tom like gave them the contract for the sale and before like they they made the plan. Presumably they had already had the plan in place where they were gonna go to Doyona and talk to them and be like, Hey, still do business with us. Him and his wife were already sort of in the camp where they're just gonna give him like a big F you and they're like, You gotta go to page nine of the contract. We made some amendments and it's just a giant middle finger in all of page nine. Yeah. I was like, Love it. Yes. And Anoush was the one that tipped him off. Come on, Anoush. Come back to us. You know you Anoush, want to. Anoush, yes. Love Sarah, Anoush. what do you think? No, I, I agree. <laughs> I was kind of let down at the fact that, like, he went back for Toyona. Yeah. Um, and I just thought it was hilarious to, like, watch someone who never drinks and gets like seltzer water at bars. Mm-hmm. He's sitting there drinking a bar, just like staring down the Japanese man <laughs> who just turned down his <laughs> his offer. <laughs> yeah, it was just an awkward uh, scenario that I I appreciated. Yeah, I mean, it's not the device that I wanted to get them to Japan, but I mean, it works. Yeah, uh, and it's Cobra Kai. You know, um, we also see that Sam is gathering Miyagi-Do to strike back against Cobra Kai because Cobra Kai dudes show up in motorcycles, which is like a nice little callback. You know, they all show up in their fucking street bikes and they beat the shit out of that little Asian kid (laughs) and steal the money and say that um, that it's a donation from Cobra Kai Mm -hmm. for Miguel's surgery like assholes (laughs) so sam is pretty pissed about this and she's kind of rallying the troops um without you know really taking into consideration her fucking ptsd anyway at that point had had hawk 
was it in, in the second episode where Hawk, they'd already like had sort of that altercation at school where it wasn't really an altercation. They kind of just like bumped shoulders. He's like, oh yeah, he totally was in my personal space. And like the principal or the guidance counselor, whoever she was, was like, were you in his personal space? Or they're like playing, yeah. they're playing that shit up. Did that already happen? That was in the first episode. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So like they're but totally yeah, I mean, playing the that soccer sh- oh, they're to- scenario. Mm. The soccer, I think, was in the next episode. Yeah. I think the soccer's in the episode where Dimitri inevitably gets hurt. Mm. Yeah, okay. so at this point, like that Cobra Kai is totally playing that shit up where they know they like if they just say the right things, they're gonna like they can, you know, in they can intimidate and then instigate and not get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So they're just like playing it up at this point. And this is sort of the the ultimate you know f you to them because they're like we can do this and we're not going to get in trouble because we've tr- we've already like gotten your face before and nothing happened yeah mm. i didn't really consider it that way but yeah that makes sense because <laughs> i mean outside of school who's gonna stop them yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like obviously maybe the police but fuck it <laughs> <laughs> you know um Yeah, we also learn that Robbie is having a really hard time in juvie. Um, There's a bully that he has in juvie that just keeps fucking on him. But man, I love Robbie's new haircut. (laughs) God, God. He needed to get out of the mid-90s. Like, at some point, the producers had to be like, you know what? now he's like... He's like Leo from fucking, um, you know, like 90s Leo and fucking Romeo and Juliet. That's kind of like where his hair's at. He's still a 90s heartthrob. He's just coming into his own. <laughs> I just love, I love bad boy Robbie. I like when they lean into Robbie being a bad boy because my my theory with the whole season is that this is my favorite Star Wars movie. of all time (laughs) season three of cobra kai is the best star wars i've ever seen (laughs) and robbie to me is such an anakin stand-in and i have such a soft spot for whiny bitches (laughs) like i was thinking about that today when i was watching my hero academia and shit like that i was like man bakugo's a whiny bitch cloud strife is a whiny bitch (laughs) (laughs) robbie's a whiny bitch anakin's a whiny bitch what's going on with me um keo definitely a whiny bitch you know i have a type so (laughs) i really like them leaning into robbie you know getting into this bad boy vibe because that's that's how we met robbie when we first saw him Mm -hmm. he was rolling with the wrong crowd he was fucking stealing from people he was just like fuck this but now we're adding karate to it. <laughs> so he's going to be like fucking unstoppable. <laughs> but anyway, at this point, he's getting his shit kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> Juvie. He's not doing well. He's having yeah. a hard time. And so then we lead into episode four where Daniel is rejected by Diona, a.k.a. Toyota. <laughs> and he's drinking away his sorrows. So he decides to go to Okinawa. Where, uh, which happens to be Mr. Miyagi's hometown. And then this is really where we start to get the flashbacks to uh, Karate Kid 2, is mm-hmm. it, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that's a prediction that Sarah made that came true. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> she, she totally was like, we're going to get more flashbacks. Yeah, I wish I, like, knew exactly what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> because... I was surprised when they brought all of, like, the original cast back, too. 
Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, oh, we'll just go back to, like, Okinawa. But they are like, nope, we're getting everybody back on. Yeah, that was super fun. Um, especially for someone like me, who's never seen the movies. The television show does such a good job of telling you exactly what you need to know, who the major players are, and that's that, and, like, who they are now, you know? So... I understood what the main conflict was. I get that fucking Danny was in Japan with Mr. Miyagi. He meets a hot Japanese chick. <laughs> Has big crush on her. Saves her sister, is it? I don't know. And then fucking fights that <laughs> that Vegeta dude. His eyebrows are crazy, dude. Have you seen, like, when he was fighting him, like, his eyebrows are doing this crazy number? They're pretty well. Yes. Um, it was a, it was a good episode. Um, he, he, he starts to see that, um, Okinawa is not the place that he remembers. Um, it's not this tiny little remote village anymore. It is a, uh, bustling city where, with like a town center and a, uh, what is it that they say? A Jersey Mike's. Yeah. He's like, oh, we used to have like a Subways or whatever they say, but now we have a Jersey Mike's. Mike's. (laughs) It's like, we're doing great. I fucking love Jersey Mike's. <laughs> Personally, a club subs where it's at. That's my my favorite. That was a that like the look on Daniel's face cuz when he lands in Okinawa, he's like take me to Tomi Village and like he's imagining the village looks exactly as it was, you know, 30 mm-hmm. years, 35 years, however long it's been since he's been there from, you know, when he last remembers it in, in Karate Kid 2 and he shows up and it's like this giant mall. And he's like um are we sure you're at Tomi Village? And the driver's like, yeah, 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 Tomi Village, like right here. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I feel like a lot of it is Daniel kind of getting humbled, <laughs> um, you know, in the beginning, at least, because he's very, very arrogant when he shows up to Japan. Um, I don't know if you guys got that vibe, but yeah, I always, I always wanted. I like the idea that, you know, Danny always, Daniel always sees himself as the good guy, you know, that he's Mm -hmm. so caught up in his own ego that he doesn't realize that he's a stubborn ass motherfucker, you know, and it's not until him going to Japan that he starts to realize that, hmm, maybe I didn't have all the answers and maybe I don't know and maybe I should humble myself, but, you know, and also change my thinking. Because as we'll find out in later episodes, I mean, Mr. Miyagi kept a certain side of Miyagi-Do away from Daniel because he personally didn't feel like Daniel was ready or maybe he shouldn't learn that technique. But that is a technique that came from Miyagi-Do, you know, which is a pretty pivotal moment for Daniel and his journey. But the episode ends with... um, Johnny personally overseeing Miguel's physical rehabilitation because Miggy is not feeling the stupid hippie (laughs) physical therapy guy that he had. I was like offended a little bit and like I know I shouldn't be because I'm like I it it was but it offended me when the guy's like hey hombre how are you doing like are you doing all right mi amigo and I'm like (laughs) like oh god just Stop talking like that. Why? Because he's a dude, bro. No, he's not a dude, bro. He's like a hippie healing spirit. He's like, don't worry. Just like feel it out, dude. It'll be a good, my mi amigo. You'll be good, hombre. 
hey, he tried his best. He did. But you know what? Miguel's motivated by beer and pussy. <laughs> he is a true yeah. American male. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I mean, it's true. This is this is basically what Johnny does to kind of um, bring Miguel out of his stupor, which is nice because I I love seeing Johnny and Miguel interact with one another. They're some of my favorite moments mm-hmm. throughout the entire series because you can tell that these two characters really have a fondness for one another that's like this really um, cute, <laughs> you know, um, mentor-mentee situation. I don't know. It's really like heartwarming to see them together, which is why I want Johnny with his mom so bad. Just make him a happy family. I'm like playing dollhouse with all of them. <laughs> You know, I'm like, you guys belong over here. You guys over here. Throw Sam in the trash. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm doing when I watch this show. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's really fun to see them together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we get to the halfway point um, because this is episode five. And then this, this for me personally, is where the season starts to get like a million times better. Mm-hmm. Because it it was good beforehand, but then now things really start to come to a head. Mm-hmm. Because this is the motherfucking episode where Dimitri gets his arm broken. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck Dimitri. I hate Dimitri so much. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of, he is a little, I'm like, your, your, your neuroticism is way too much, like, I would probably have hung out with you in high school because I was in that crowd, but I would have been like, you're just a little, a little too much with the, like, just tone down their neuroticness a little bit. Yeah. I just, I just don't like Dimitri. <laughs> He's just kind of like an asshole too. And he tries to use his like shortcomings, like being a nerd and all this stuff to kind of like white knight himself, like try and be like oh i'm better than you because like i'm a huge ass nerd and i'm not a bully but he's a dick too like he's very rude (laughs) and he has no reason to be as confident or arrogant as he is when he's you know going into this fight however you know as we mentioned before sam's just gathering up the troops she's ready to fucking fight cobra kai because cobra kai is being a menace across the town (laughs) across Reseda and the valley they're just fucking stealing carnival tickets those fiends Mm. those assholes how dare they um, yeah they they basically roll up to the fucking carnival or whatever the fuck and um fuck on that big that big kid i I don't know his (laughs) name for some reason really chris don't. is coming to mind i don't know if his name Maybe. is chris i just know that he's the one that they always match up with ass face <laughs> aka penis <laughs> breath penis breath <laughs> that's all i know too um did anybody catch what uh hawk said to him though as they were stealing the tickets because i can't remember what he said i just remember penis breath being like tell your mom to stop calling me and then Hawk said something smart as well. And I just Oof. remember thinking this is the greatest fucking show. Some of the fucking the comebacks the in this show have been so fucking good, dude. Like, some of the comebacks have been top tier. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever wrote this season had so much fun, and it shows. I love it. Like, the lines are so outrageously good. 
<laughs> in their delivery and their style. I like them. I just love the Me cheese. Too. It embraces like that 80s vibe of like kind of cheesy acting, but you're believing it. <laughs> you know? I love it. It's so good. Uh basically, uh Sam has a panic attack and like I I feel for her, right? Cuz like I've suffered from panic attacks in the past and they're really not fun. But man, it's like a captain abandoning ship before <laughs> before the rest of the crew is off. She's like, I'm leaving first, bitches. And that is so, so not okay. Because she brought them there, right. knowing full well that they were going to get into an altercation. And the moment that Tori shows up and kind of gets sam distressed um she fucks she fucks off she watches dimitri get his arm broken and her friends get curb stomped you know like and as evil as cobra kai looks you know i was talking about this with my partner when i want to take like self-defense classes or karate classes (laughs) or whatever like obviously i want to be able to apply them in real life should the situation ever arise i've known for like ever since i was like 13 and i was taking kickboxing that all you need is 15 pounds of pressure to your elbow to break someone's elbow so i was like yeah i mean when you train to fight that way and you're presented in the situation like yeah it was gonna happen now me thinking that this is my disney brain like oh cobra kai it's a friendly tv show i at first was like oh he's just gonna like maybe dislocate his shoulder Because I was like, yeah, that fucking sucks. But, you know, you're not out of the fight because that's happened to me before. But nope, he just full on breaks this motherfucker's arm. That was hardcore. That's why I was like, man, this is the this is the episode where shit gets real. Like we are hurting each other again. (laughs) But you can see like the moment of hesitation in Hawk's eyes. He had like a brief Mm -hmm. like like a half second of like, should I be doing this? Before I think like Tori or so, I think it was Tori. She's just like, are you going to do it? Or she said something and that kind of like finally egged him on. But you could tell that he was very hesitant at first to do it. Whereas if you go last season, like before the school brawl happens and he hasn't, he has Dimitri in the same position, he probably snaps it without a moment's hesitation. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely tell that Hawks may be feeling a little bit of the strain being the head guy for Cobra Kai. You know, because he's making a lot of decisions being the head guy. And maybe he starts to realize that maybe he's not cut out to be, you know, the lead. Does that make sense? You know, like sometimes you just realize that, you know, maybe I just don't have the personality that I thought I would have to to carry this role. And he starts to start. He starts to start. (laughs) He starts to feel the weight of of um being the leader of cobra kai the stigma that comes with it what's expected of him how he should behave because of his sensei you know sensei sidious as i like to call him (laughs) and i I think it's a combination over there i think it's a combination of that that he's the head guy but he's not the head guy of johnny's cobra kai he's the head guy of crease's cobra kai and he's starting to realize yeah and he's starting to realize that Kreese's Cobra Kai is very different from Johnny's Cobra Kai. And he's like, do I want to be the head guy of this? I'm like, I'm starting to question my sensei. Do I want to be the guy that is his number one? Yeah. I mean, he still does it. Because yeah. at this point in the season, he's still about it. He's right. like, 
eh, this kind of sucks because, yeah, you were my friend, but also you called me a bedwetter and you fucking flirt in- with my girl in front of me. And, you know, like he uh, had every reason to fucking just give in to that dark side, <laughs> you know. Um, and also, this is the same episode where um, the Chosen, or with Chosen, yes. I guess is the guy's name, um, where he starts to realize that Miyagi Do has this pretty cool offensive slash defensive technique uh, where you attack the pressure points. I love the introduction of, of Chosen. When he shows up, he's still got like that angry scowl. And when they're just kind of like sitting there and, and uh, he goes like, all right, well, I'm going to leave you guys to it. And he's like, oh, what? Don't, don't leave. Don't leave me. And he's like, um, so do you want to drink? I don't drink. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be fun. <laughs> I was waiting for the interaction between the two of them. I wanted to see what was going to happen. I'm like, please, please. I just, it's going to be like the odd couple to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that part, too. I really enjoyed his uh, um, whole thing with the scrolls, too, where he was like, can I have it? He's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. He's like, um, and again, this is this goes back to me saying that, like, Daniel starts to get humbled a bit. Because he learns that um, Miyagi does not everything that he thought it was, mm-hmm. you know, because Chosen tells him like, hey, there's something that you didn't learn. And yeah, this is Miyagi Do too. Like, we're not so different, you and I, which I think is a very big learning moment for Daniel. He starts to realize that his villains, the people that he once considered these, you know, bullies and these terrorizers aren't necessarily that person anymore or maybe they didn't consider themselves to be that way because he ends you know he ends this episode on good terms with chosen happy with him having sparred and learned this new technique and kind of like appreciated um the bond and the relationship that they have they were able Mm -hmm. to form while he was in okinawa i think it's a great episode for daniel oh absolutely i think it made me come around on daniel a lot yeah because I think he needed that moment he definitely where he had did. to, he, yeah, he to de- grow up. Yeah, he definitely needed to be humbled a little bit because, like, Chosen, when he was explaining to him, he's like, you think that because you're Miyagi's student, yes. he taught you everything. You think you yes. know everything. You think you're, like, the best student, but you forget Sato <laughs> also studied under, you know, Miyagi's father. We were both his students, so I'm like, like I know just as much as you, even more so. You don't know the whole story, yes. so you're not God's gift to Miyagi-Do. And me being the girl who always wants to see Daniel in, like, predicaments <laughs> because I want him to grow up, I was just so about this. It was such a come up for me, like, as a viewer and as a viewer who didn't side with Daniel when I first started the show. Like, it really made me come around to him and really kind of, like, start to understand him as a character and his motivations you know because he i really started to get the understanding that he genuinely really feels like he's the only good guy in his story he's like no i'm the hero (laughs) (laughs) you know like what do you mean you know it's almost like hercules when he's arrogant and cocky you know and it's nice to see him get kicked down a peg you know i don't know it made me feel better made me like him a little bit more when when chosen pulled the the double pressure points and had like his head 
the same way that oh, Daniel had yeah. his head in Karate Kid Two. Such a good parallel. How like when when it called back to Karate Kid Two and he did the whole honk. <laughs> well, how much did you love that? I it was my favorite. <laughs> I love the cheese. I love how they embrace it. I just love this show because it does have some like obviously some serious points to it as we are having this conversation but it can be like fun and good and lighthearted. Oh, absolutely. even though like kids are getting beaten the fuck up yeah like a couple of scenes before that kids are like in a huge fight and he's like i've been waiting so long to do that yes oh this is also the episode where um Johnny takes Miguel to a concert <laughs> to see under Dee the Snyder. guise I love it. of him being a Make-A-Wish kid. <laughs> and it is one of my favorite like, scenes from the entire show because it's just them at an 80s rock concert just having a good time. He gets attention from the girls because he's a Make-A-Wish kid. <laughs> but you know what? This is where the beer and pussy comes in. He snuck in the beer <laughs> in Miguel's legs in his wheelchair. <laughs> Which is hilarious to me because, like, of course Miguel was surprised because he can't feel it. <laughs> so it's just so good. I was kind of surprised so that Miguel was surprised. For me, that would have been like, Jet's just kind of par for the course for Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute. I loved it. I I loved it. And then it ends the episode on this really lovely note, essentially where you know Miguel starts tapping his feet to the music, mm. and you're and we all get the confirmation that we wanted and needed. At least I did. I was like, yes, baby boy he's is gonna, gonna be able to. Walk. He's gonna walk again. I was so happy. Oh man, I was and I I was like crying <laughs> because I love I love watching johnny and miguel i really do they're such a cute relationship yeah. like their their relationship is so sweet to me and so honest like i wouldn't be surprised if those two actors were friends in real life you know like supportive of one another i would be heartbroken so if they cute. weren't <laughs> how awkward it'd be terrible yeah, it's like if they're i mean oh. otherwise like if they're not they're great actors because i totally buy it on screen but if they're not friends in real life it would it would break me because I'm like, no, you guys, you have to be friends. Yeah. Dude, this is also the episode where Johnny accepts Allie's friend request. And Amanda confronts Crease and slaps him Ooh. at the Cobra Kai dojo. Sarah, you got to yeah. tell me, how did you feel about this? Um, I was, like, happy that she took initiative, but then... The whole scenario in the next episode happened, and I was like, damn, you dumb bitch. Well, go ahead and get into it. I mean, so um, basically, go ahead. So basically what happens is that Kreese puts a restraining order on Amanda for coming into <laughs> Cobra Kai and slapping him across the face without yes. reasoning. Um, so now she can't be within 500 feet of him or like something like that. And yes. she's like, well, I wanted to do one on him. And, she, and the guy is telling them, well, either way, you're not going to be able to cut near him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she gets <laughs> she gets restraining order against her. It's great. It's great. It's funny because Kreese does these little power moves that are just, you can't help but be like, Kreese? 
but also <laughs> admire it. Um, I mean, the episode also starts with a crease-centric moment where it explains to us that he was recruited into special forces while he was in Vietnam. Mm. And this is where he starts to learn his um, karate technique. He learns it from his captain, who recruits him into the special forces, which I think is interesting. So at this point in the series, I'm starting to try and figure out, okay, how did he get to Cobra Kai? Where did he learn karate? And here we go. You know, he learns it for hand-to-hand combat in Vietnam, which makes so much sense because strike first, strike hard, no mercy. I mean, that is the tone of that war. I mean, kill or be killed is literally mm-hmm. the environment that he was brought up in. Right. Yeah, brought into. Mm-hmm. He truly is a Sith. I mean, think of <laughs> it. Uh, the rule of two, uh, he does it. He does the rule of two with his own fucking captain. I'm telling you, this is my favorite Star Wars. <laughs> I will not let this go. But yeah, we we find that out about him, and and through this flashback, essentially, we learn that Crease um, wants to start recruiting um, athletes into Cobra Kai. So this is when we get reintroduced to um, Kyler the bully Mm. that Miguel had in the beginning that kind of spurred him into Cobra Kai. Right. Um, So those dudes get recruited. And this is super important for uh, Hawk's character development, right? Because he's, you know, got this machismo about being number one guy, but he's also questioning Crease now because his former bully was admitted onto the team. Yeah, um, I'd be pissed too, you know, because now he has to act like he likes this guy and he doesn't like him because he used to terrorize him about his condition, which he had no control over. Yeah, I mean, in this episode, we also, I mean, Hawk has this, I personally liked it, <laughs> um, I like Hawk as a character, but he volunteers to fight one of the bigger bullies that had fucked on him for so long and he's like i got him sensei and he takes off his shirt and we're reminded that he has this huge eagle tattoo on his back Mm -hmm. um and he beats the ever-loving shit out of that dude He's just like like like, on him. like really bad like, like Batman trailer. Yes, <laughs> yes, like, yes. That exa- kid's nose exactly is so broken. just like that. Just like just smashing into the floor and like that camera angle. You just like see up at the actor who plays Hawk and he's just like pounding on yeah. the floor and you could just feel the hits <laughs> coming down. Yo, he's oh. badass though. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yeah, man, get revenge on your bully. Show him that you can't be like stepped on. Because Kyler also starts to look at him like, oh shit, like he really fucked up my friend, like pretty bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's kind of like a respect moment for, for Hawk. But I found it interesting that he didn't take on Kyler. You know. Yeah. So it was like a step towards like coming to terms with his bullies, but also still holding back. Because why else not try and fight Kyler on the start, on the mm-hmm. jump? Instead, he just goes over aggressive with the one bully. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So interesting little parallel, something that I thought about. But this is also the episode where Johnny uh, is taking Facebook pictures to try and impress <laughs> Allie, which annoys the fuck out of me because I just want Johnny to be with Carmen. <laughs> so I'm like, nah, fuck Allie. Who who cares? <laughs> And also, Allie is um, Madeline Stilwell from The Boys. And when I figured that out, it ruined the rest of the season for me. Ooh. <laughs> because all I could think about was her breastfeeding uh, Horner oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Whipping her titties out <laughs> for the superheroes. So I literally couldn't watch her in this season without thinking of Homelander. And I'm like, God damn you, Anthony Starr. (laughs) So, you know, I fuck Allie. No, I can't ever unsee that. You see? It's a thing, man. I'm telling you. (laughs) And to see her play like this sweet, innocent character is just so funny because Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen the Karate Kid movies. So this is really kind of the boys was my first introduction to this actress. (laughs) So my only context is this fucking psychopath from an Amazon original. But yeah, that I mean, overall, it's a, it's a decent episode. We get more um, information about the adult characters in the show, which is uh, something that I, I heard as a big compliment towards this season, is that it's less focused on the teen drama and more so on the adults. And like how they're kind of coming to terms with their actions and who they are as people, even though they're fucking adults. <laughs> Is it in this episode where we also, um, Daniel and his wife uh, invite, uh, I forget what his name is but the oh, the, the landlord. landlord. Yeah, the landlord yes. for the strip mall and they try and trick mm-hmm. him into like upping the rent on the yeah. strip mall so that they could kick out Crease and they're like, we'll pay the double, oh. like double the rent. And then Crease whips that ass. Yeah, he shows up. He's like, so these are he's hard. like, these are my two nephews. They're gonna help you like see your way out. And like the next scene is him calling Daniel's like, sorry, our deal, it's off. And he's like all messed up, and you can assume that his nephews are even more messed up. Yeah. For sure. I mean, Crease is definitely a fucking he's a terror. Yeah. He's a Sith. He call he calls the LaRussos and he's basically taunting them like you're not safe anywhere. Yeah. Ha ha ha. And it's like, dude, it's just karate. Yeah, he Chill is, the fuck out. Yeah, he but is, he's oh, he like, puts Yo. a snake in one of the cars too. Oh yes, he yes. does. He puts the snakes in the cars at the dealership mm. because yeah. he's a psycho. <laughs> he's really I, he really got fucked up and nam and also like he should not be in charge of children evil and that's why like when they show all these flashback moments and it starts to make me sort of like sympathize i'm like no no i want him to just be evil so i don't like him and the the flashbacks give you like the insight and you're like no i don't want to sympathize stop it stop it netflix yeah i mean it's just it's a good episode it's a great episode again really when the season starts to pick up. So then we get on to episode seven, um, where Sam has a dream. It starts with her PTSD dream about Tori. Um, and she basically tells her parents that she quits karate. She's like, I can't do this. I saw my friend get 
fucked up and I couldn't do anything to help them. I couldn't do anything to save them. I feel weak. I shouldn't do karate. And so Daniel LaRusso is like, I can't not have a child who doesn't do karate. Not both. (laughs) Not both. (laughs) He's like, I must pass on the karate gene to my karate kid. And he takes his daughter out um, to go fishing. Um, Miguel finds out that Cobra Kai fucked up, you know, um, Dimitri's arm. So he's like, I'm not tight with that. You guys are bullies. This isn't how we started Cobra Kai. And then we get introduced to Eagle Fang Karate. Uh, Eagles don't have fangs. Yes. Shut up. <laughs> don't, don't don't think about it too much. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's so bad. Eagle Fang Karate. It's so bad. But you know what? It's so Johnny, it hurts. It's like, you know what's even stronger than a cobra? Eagle Fang. <laughs> Loved it. I loved it. And he brings when he brings out the shirt and it's like you see the eagle and it's got like the two fangs. It was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. But I'm like, if anyone came, like, it had to have been Johnny that came up with that. Yes. What was what what was the animal that he, the kid said? And he's like, no. He's like, not a, a mongoose. A mongoose. He's like, a no, mongoose. a real animal. <laughs> it was so funny because when he did say that, like, oh, uh, an animal that's known to take down snakes. I looked at my partner and he looked at me and he was like, so mongoose and then the character said it right after i was like yeah everybody i i said honey badger <laughs> <laughs> honey badger karate honey badger too yeah but um eagle fang truly <laughs> iconic um the cobra kai students also confront johnny and this is the moment where crease decides to leave johnny permanently so their their relationships like permanently severed here um, but obviously they'll keep confronting each other as the season goes on. It's a pretty, a pretty, uh, cut and dry episode. Um, if I'm being honest, I think yeah. at the end of it, Sam decides she wants to do karate again, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Some bullshit. Anyway, episode eight. <laughs> well, we got Miguel um, finally walks and comes back to school. Yes. Yes. Miguel is able to walk. He comes back to school. Um, he can't kick that well. No, he's still working his way back. So, I, yeah, they, they tell him to be careful. The the scene where like after Johnny's doing all the rehab with him where he's like putting the, you know, the, the 1980s swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated in front of him to get him out of the wheelchair. And then eventually when he's tapping his foot, they get him on the crutches and then he has him sort of in like that rig to try and have him stand on his own. I forget what it is that they're arguing about, but Miguel is like so impassioned and is like so angry about the situation that he's in and everything that's going on. And like you could see their slack in the rope in the background of the shot. And then Johnny's mm-hmm. like, Miguel. And he like points to like him and he's like, Oh my God, I'm standing. That was such a fun moment. And I was like, That's right. I knew Miguel was going to get back on his feet. Yes, literally. <laughs> <laughs> literally. I mean, it's a pretty cut and dry episode, yeah. like I said. Miguel walks again. Um, Sam has a bitch fit, but whatever. She gets back to karate. End of story. Um, <laughs> episode eight. So these last three episodes get pretty fucking wild. This is when I started to know that the season's about to end. I I, I asked myself around season six, or not season six, but episode like six and seven, like, hey, 
how long is this season? How long are these seasons again? You know? <laughs> like, do you ever ask yourself that with a show? When you're like, yeah. okay, is this a 10-episode season? Or is this one of those, like, 20-episode seasons? Where are we at? You know, especially since I was watching Southland recently. <laughs> and there's, like, one season has, like, six episodes and another season has ten. I'm like, yo, I don't know what to expect anymore. It's like, my guys, you need, like, some consistency <laughs> yeah. in, your ep- in your season lengths. Yes. So I I started to know, okay, we're starting to wind down, right? Because things are starting to get resolved. But uh, basically, the city still feels like karate's a menace. And um, they decide to cancel the All-Valley Karate Tournament, which pisses off all three senseis. Uh, Danny, uh, Johnny, and Kreese, um, they're all like, yo, what the fuck? We need this. Um, so they go in to a city council meeting to try and argue for karate. But instead, it is the children who change the minds of those evil politicians. Damn bureaucrats. The students become the teacher. Yes. The Oh, the power of youth. Um, basically, Miguel and Sam come together and they give a very nice, emboldened, impassioned speech about uh, karate and why they need it in the valley. And so then they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, karate, let's go. And <laughs> there's karate again. Yay. <laughs> That's our one episode conflict. <laughs> anyway, um, Miguel and Sam catch up afterwards and they start to get comfy cozy. But then that's when 90s heartthrob Robbie dun, dun, comes dun, dun. out of juvie and he sees Miguel and Sam. And this is after... Robbie's gotten out of juvie and he denies both Johnny and Daniel because he feels like they've both let him down. And the last person who saw him was Crease. So he's already got some fucking, probably got some fucking shit in his head mm-hmm. that Crease put in his head. So he's already a little bit aggro. He sees his two failed fathers and he's like, fuck y'all. And then he goes to his old dojo to see his girl. And there she is, putting the moves on Miggy. Uh, they're getting all comfy cozy with those karate moves, man. Yeah, they are. Anyway, it breaks my little boy's heart. <laughs> it breaks Robbie's heart. He's pissed. He's not happy. And this basically pushes him into um, Crease's arms. Dun, dun, dun! The plot thickens. <laughs> the plot thickens. Yeah, I mean... It's obvious that he wasn't going to go back to Miyagi-Do. So to see him at Cobra Kai, I mean, all right, let's go. Fully embrace the bad boy. I'm about it. Yeah, at this point, I feel just for Robbie's character, they have to just have him completely just lean into the bad boy thing and just have him be Cobra Kai all the way. I I think that if they have him like do Cobra Kai, but not really, I'm going to go back to Miyagi-Do, it would... I don't know. It, it just wouldn't seem right. I think that f- for them to use his character effectively considering everything he's gone through and also just based on the fact that he hasn't been used as much this season as he was previous seasons, I think that he just needs to be all the way leaning into Cobra Kai. Yes. It just yes, makes sense. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, Let's see. Yeah, uh, Robbie's pissed. Oh, Johnny and Carmen finally do 
the devil's the tango. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they yeah, do they the do. Dirty. They do though. Way to go, John Way to go, Johnny. I was so happy. I was literally like doing a happy dance on my couch. I was like, yay, Johnny gets the pussy. <laughs> He's living his life. He is happy. He deserves happiness. Um, I was very happy. <laughs> I still am. I just love Johnny. Johnny's my favorite character, truly. I just love him so much. Um, I just thought it was an overall good episode for, you know, Johnny and Robbie stands, which is me. I like Robbie being bad boy. Give me my Anakin Skywalker in uh, Robbie Keen. <laughs> and um, I love seeing Johnny happy. You know, I, he's happy that Miguel's walking again. Um, the All Valley Tournament's back on. Carmen's really happy that Miguel's happy again. You know, it's just a lot of uh, serotonin flowing, you know, in that household. So <laughs> I'm just oh. glad he fucking got his rocks off. <laughs> Was it in this episode that we have the the Christmas holiday? Or is it later on where you find that out? Where they where? go to the, uh, the, the country club Christmas party? No, that's okay. the All right. last episode. All right. I will, that's right. I'll bring that up then because there's something that they talk about there where inconsequential to the to the like series, but something that calls back to like the karate, the the first karate kid movies. So. Don't worry. Um because <laughs> episode nine basically starts with Allie coming back to town. Yes, there we go. Allie is back in town. And she's here to fuck shit up. Uh, she's actually pretty mischievous. She's got this cute, mischievous smile at the start of the episode. Like, she knows she's here to, you know, appease to the fans. She's ready to go. She's ready to play her part. So, um, I, when I first started the episode, I thought I was watching another TV show because I didn't recognize <laughs> anybody in the yes. shot. I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> I was like, oh, damn, a Christmas episode? Okay. I was, like, pretty confused, too. But as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, god damn it. We had to confront it eventually. And I, I was so pissed off because this is how the episode starts after the last episode ends with Johnny fucking sleeping with Carmen. She's going to mess everything <laughs> so I up. I was like, please don't mess this up. Like, please don't mess this up. Please. That's all I wanted. I was so nervous. I was like, damn, this is really going to get fucked. But... Not to despair, um, but the, the the children are doing different things. Um, Cobra Kai is leaning into their bad tendencies. And we also start to realize that Robbie and Tori are bonding over the fact that they're probation kids, which is, you know, alluded to earlier in the season. And now they're both in Cobra Kai and um, Hawk orchestrates this plan to steal a snake from the local zoo for Crease. Um, and this is when Robbie gives one of the best lines. It's so cheesy, but I love it. They're all, they're all, you know, drinking beer because we're bad kids. And they're like, yo, you want one? And he is like, unlike you guys, I don't need to drink beer to be cool. <laughs> and I was like, I love this. <laughs> yes. This is where he belongs. I, I'm telling you, I have a type. Even Kylo Ren, the only saving grace of the new Star Wars. I just love my whiny bad boys. I don't need beer to be cool. Yes, baby, you don't need beer. You tell those pricks. Uh, because really, I mean, he does um, 
he comes out on top essentially the plan goes sideways because kyler's a big fucking idiot he's like kyler bring the uh the 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 wrangling stick yeah and he's like oh shit i forgot that i brought the beer he's like you had one fucking job kyler one job yeah and and they basically abandon ship like this plan isn't gonna work but robbie not robbie because he's fucking anakin skywalker he's like i'm gonna fucking send it (laughs) he fucking wrangles that snake with his bare fucking hands and and delivers the snake to crease and crease loves this shit he eats this shit up he lines the kids up because he likes to rile them up and in front of fucking hawk because he knows that hawk cares about this shit he basically congratulates robbie for being for orchestrating the whole thing and being successful when everybody knows that it was hawk's idea to begin with but he doesn't get any credit he doesn't get any praise and crease is basically making a point like you were bitch made you didn't make it work he did he deserves to be here and it also ends with Crease riling up Tori yet again because we need Tori to be the crazy lady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he basically he he reminds her that Sam and Miguel are a thing, um, which really pisses her off, and um, that's where the kid story leaves off. Basically, that you know that Cobra Kai is gonna retaliate at some point. You know, like they're being they're being hyped up yeah. at this moment. Um, in the meantime, with the adults, Johnny spends the whole day with Allie. You know, and they're um, reminiscing. They almost kiss, but they don't, which was nice. Thank you, yes, please, no. Johnny. It's like, don't, don't mess it up, Allie. Don't mess it up. Don't, don't mess do it up, it. Johnny. You got a good thing going with yeah. Carmen. Don't mess it up. But you you start to realize that Allie's starting to to pick up on things too, yeah. like kind of understanding where Johnny's been in his life and where she is, you know, in her life. Um, But they do, you know, they were high school sweethearts. They were each other's first love in a sense. So it was just nice for them to have that closure. That's what I consider the whole Allie subplot to be. It is the closure that Johnny needed. Daniel had his closure in Okinawa Mm -hmm. because he gets the the letter from Miyagi you know, the last letter Miyagi sends out, he, he gets his closure. You know, he learns that Miyagi-Do isn't all about, you know, serenity. You know, if you have to, if someone wants to wage war, you have to take away their tools, you know. And for Johnny, his come-to-grips moment is realizing that, like, he can't be stuck in the past, you know. And that, you know, maybe he is being stubborn and Allie is the vehicle for him to recognize that. So I'm about it. I like it in that regard, you know. Allie brings him back to neutral, back to central, or center, you know. Like, mm-hmm. hey, dude, reorient yourself and your priorities and take off. One of my favorite scenes from this episode was when Daniel catches uh, Sam and Miguel. And then afterwards... And then afterwards, like after he has his like dad freak out moment, he has like a one to one with Miguel and realizes like you're not actually as bad a kid as I thought when I just knew you as Miguel from Cobra Kai. He's like, you've actually got a good head on your shoulders. You're a decent kid. And they have that like interaction. and He kind of like gives him his blessing. But he also realizes that with Johnny and I kind of want to believe that's what that moment represents, that he sees that you were Johnny's like first student. You're his like most prized student he sees you more than just a student 
and you've really got a good head on your shoulders. And I got to believe that Johnny taught you some of that. So that's kind of him realizing that if Johnny taught you this, Johnny can't be all that bad. So I thought that was a I thought that was a really cool scene, especially when it started off because he was looking at the car that uh, Daniel Larusso was gifted by by Mr. Miyagi, and they kind of bonded over the fact that he's like, oh yeah, like me coming like I didn't have two pennies to rub together when I was growing up in Reseda, and he's like, what you grew up in Reseda because he knows yeah. that Daniel Larusso lives in like Beverly Hills and has a giant house, has the auto dealership, so he's done well for himself in the years since. Yeah, and he also learns that Johnny was the rich kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so he's also learning things about his sensei that he wasn't considering mm-hmm. as well. But it's a good moment for Daniel um, and his character because, again, it's just a, a, a moment that highlights and showcases that he's starting to realize that um, the people that he was once considering villains aren't necessarily like the bad guys. Like, he's starting to see how clouded his judgment may have been. <laughs> because, I mean, I immediately thought back to season one. When Sam tells Daniel, like, hey, I have a boyfriend, and it's Miguel, and he finds out that he's Cobra Kai, and he just hates Mm -hmm. him because he's Cobra Kai. And this is his moment to actually sit down and talk to him and get to know him and realize that, like, just because he was Cobra Kai didn't mean that he was this evil bully villain that he imagined. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a good kid with a head on his shoulders. And then he also hears about johnny's story through miguel you know like he explains oh well you know he did just get his heart broken by his first love and then he's like oh well wait oh yeah you might be right you know because he's he's talking to miguel and miguel's providing this objective third person perspective that maybe daniel hadn't considered before super fun it was just we start to realize that things are starting to fall into place to where the season finale is right Mm -hmm. because the the episode ends with johnny showing up to this white tie event or this black tie event at the country club because Allie invites him to go with her for the in order for them to end their day together their lovely little like teenage dream holiday together right like roman holiday this was their Roman holiday, and it ends with Johnny seeing Allie talking to Daniel. <laughs> and you're like, well, we're going to address it. This is either going to be the make it or break it moment, right? Like, the the girl that started, you know, the, the, the chick that launched a thousand ships, you know? She's fucking <laughs> she is Helen Hel- of Troy. Yeah, she is Helen of Troy. God. And... Who would be who would be Achilles and who's going to – and who's uh, – not Paris. What's his name? Hector. Who's Hector and who's Paris in this situation? Neither, because they both come out alive. (laughs) I loved Hector so much. I love Troy. (laughs) I could do a whole other podcast about that fucking movie. (laughs) It was a guilty pleasure, and I don't care what anyone has to say. Anyway, Achilles in fucking Hades looks like Achilles and Troy. He looks like Brad Pitt. He really does. Just an animated version of Brad Pitt. He really does. Um. Anyway, the the title of the episode, this is our season finale. It's December 19th. Um, Sam invites over Miyagi-Do saying that, hey, um, my parents are gone. Um, and let's have a Let's have a Christmas kegger. And they're like, fuck yeah, let's go. Um, and it turns out they're deceived because... Um, Eagle Fang, God, I gotta get used to that. Eagle <laughs> Fang karate uh, shows up. 
because at this point in the show, Sam and Miguel have realized that they would be stronger together mm-hmm. than they would be separated to take on Cobra Kai. Because they're starting to realize that Cobra Kai is a real immediate, eminent threat that must be addressed. And it's funny that the kids are coming to terms to this before the adults. Because it's, it, it's cool, because the kids are hesitant at first and then the adults are hesitant at first it's like this parallel story that's running and um oh god it's it's a lot this is a big episode (laughs) so where do we want to start first the kids or the adults i want to start with the adults because you never find out and this is where you get kind of some closure as a as a fan of karate kid to find out what kind of happened to to Allie Mills. She kind of just vanished mm. from the movies. You don't know really why. They just say, oh, it's like Dan and, you know, Danny LaRusso. It's like, oh, yeah, it just didn't work out. Nothing like, you know, but beyond that, you don't know what happened. And then when she tells her side of the story, you find out why things ended between her and Danny. And that sort of adds further fuel to the fire that Danny is not like the clean cut kid that you always that you might have imagined he was that he might have a little bit of a hothead streak in him and she's like oh yeah i was talking to like a friend of mine when i was in college and danny like saw that and he kind of just flipped his lid and things just ended right there because he kind of just overreacted and there's like danny larusso the older danny larusso is kind of trying to defend himself like oh no but it wasn't really that way things were and she's like no no no, it it really was just that we were friends You saw that and you kind of pulled a Johnny and overreacted. The, that was a little bit, uh, that was kind of I'm like, I, you kind of suspect that, especially the way that they're painting or showing the character development of Danny LaRusso in the Cobra Kai series, where you realize he isn't all squeaky clean. You might've suspected that his reaction or the way he handled anything that happened between him and Allie might have been a factor in their breaking up, but you never really get that confirmation until now. And Danny's <laughs> wife is just like eating it up. She's like, oh no, please tell me more. I need to I need to hear all of this. It's true. That's um, true, yes. So I just wanted to the backpedal just a teeny bit mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to when they were messaging messaging each other on Facebook. Yes. And I just thought it was a riot when like he typed out this giant paragraph and was like ready to send it to 36 her. pages all and, caps and Miguel's like you can't do this this is what crazy people do and then he deletes it all and he like says this beautiful like heart filled message and he's like nah too long and he deletes it all he goes not much yeah oh my god that was amazing where miguel yeah exactly he's like you can't do this crazy people do this and then the follow-up he's like it's like liking every one of her pictures oh my god you didn't do that did you but then he sends like a much shorter but still a much shorter but still long kind of paragraph that perfectly encapsulates everything he's been doing and gives her sort of like mm-hmm. i've been doing this i'm a sensei things are not going well but he basically lays out everything that's been happening he's like not much you yeah love it. it's a hilarious moment <laughs> oh you, you gotta love johnny where's my I, I, need, I need i, I need a course i need a course banquet is what i need right now Yo, just in, a, in, in, for in, real. in, in honor his of johnny commitment, his commitment to course banquet is just so iconic and he, gets ups- he even gets mad at yes. one of the bartenders because <laughs> he gives him a Coors, 
Yeah, Coors Light and not a Coors Banquet. He's like, I'm not going to pay my tab, even though I already drank it. (laughs) Because you gave me the wrong Coors, bitch. It's just, I just love the commitment to the characters that this show and the actors do. Like, they really do love the characters that they play. Especially the adults. It's cool to see the adults be reunited and seeing, like, comparisons of them when they were teenagers to now and, you know getting over your first romance right like high school i mean these people have lives they have children who are like about to be seniors in high school you know but they're they're able to all meet up with each other and have this like really cute moment and also ali is the the mechanism to which danny and johnny um get over their feud Mm -hmm. essentially yeah, because they tried that once before in in the previous season when they had the double date with with Carmen that they just happened to find themselves in the same restaurant. Yeah, and it seemed like oh they might bury the hatchet because they had a good night, and then that didn't work. Yeah, because of these fucking kids. <laughs> it ha- I mean, it happens again, but in a different. Uh, instead of separating johnny and daniel um this brings them together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this shit is so fucking off the wall it's just so funny to me uh, the kids are they come up with an arrangement right they basically have a contract that's like miyagi do and eagle fang karate will come together we will train at miyagi do um you know we will not keep the eagle fang name <laughs> um you know, they're basically coming together to make their list of agreements, right? And they even have a clause as to what are we going to do if our senseis don't agree and can't get together, which is, like, sad, but also, like, n- <laughs> they have the forethought to be like, all right, well, these old-ass men don't like each other, so what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, And then that's when... They get fucked on. No, Basically, Cobra Kai. Down. Yeah, shit goes down like out of fucking nowhere, out of left field. Homeboy like goes to check on the door because they think there's a cat mm-hmm. at the door. I don't know, some weird shit. They think it's a cat and they go to check on it and they throw the kid through yeah. the window and they are at oh. the LaRusso home. Yes. This is a B and E. This is a, this is now crime. Exactly. It's like somebody, like they in went to reality, the cops and they got like, in yeah. In reality, Cobra Kai should not get away with Seri- this. Yes, this exactly. B&E. Like legit. The, the rational part of me was like, call the fucking cops they're all yes. they're all guilty breaking it this is like fucking assault breaking and entering they will all get their asses thrown to juvie tori she can kiss goodbye to playing you know you know nurse to her mom who's on like dialysis mm-hmm. she's going back to juvie like yeah call the cops but the other part of me that is enjoying the tv show is like let's see how this but plays out fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fight sequence let's go <laughs> throw hands uh yeah dude shit then starts to go off the wall and the remnants of former cobra kai which is now eagle thing and miyagi do get together and team up against the new cobra kai which is you know all the athletes plus hawk and tori and whatever um 
it's a pretty intense fight. Yeah. Like, kids are getting mm-hmm. fucked up. And their house is getting fucked up. And the whole time I'm like, this is your house. Call the police. Get a gun. <laughs> the- do something yes yes like i get that we need a spot to have a karate duel you know like a big karate brawl because this is the finale but fuck this is my house the larussos are having a nice night at the country club it's christmas wine it's christmas (laughs) and these fucking heathens spurred on by crease are just annihilating this home. It's insane. I mean, I how do you it. how do you top the season two fight at the school? You have a more personal fight at the home. That's how you top yeah. it. Right. And speaking of Crease, the flashbacks kind of culminate in this season in this season mm-hmm. in this episode, which kind of like that's the moment where you realize Crease has the switch flipped and becomes like the sadistic Crease that he is now. That was like a nice, like from start to finish, you see all the flashbacks and you see that moment where being a prisoner of war, he gets pitted against his captain in that like duel to the death over that snake pit. And then that final moment where he like beats him and he's like hanging on the edge and then, you know, the the US comes in and they bomb the bomb the place and he's like, oh, you don't have to like, you don't have to do this anymore. We're, We're saved. They're here. Pull me up. And he's like, no. No mercy. It's like I finally learned. No mercy. And he just like stomps his hands and just sees him fall. That was like yeah. it. That was his full turn to the dark side. Yes. He's a Sith. That's that's the <laughs> moment. It's also like a Rorschach moment, you know, like I will hear the cries of the city, you know, the poor, the broken, the fucking drug addled, and I will look down at them and I will say no (laughs) that's what he did he's like fuck no bye bitch but he still he still frees his fellow pow's yes yeah yeah it was just the captain you learn that Hmm? you learn through the course of these flashbacks that crease is a pow because he does get accepted into the special forces he runs a mission with his buddies and he gets too nervous to pull the trigger for a very critical moment and it just leads to the whole team getting captured and so his captain is like it's your re- it's your fault that we're all gonna die blah, 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 blah. and every day the vietnamese fuckers take the people out of the cage take two fighters out of the crate out of the cage to have them fight to the death over a snake pit and that whole flashback sequence culminates with like you said crease fighting he volunteers which is also important you know like it's his captain who is like this big ass bully menacing person who's basically just like constantly telling you like you're a piece of shit because you're the reason why your friends are dying you know like that's hard to deal with every day and like his fucking scared ass best friend like his friend who's really scared you know, gets put up and he basically pulls a Katniss Everdeen and he's like, ah, I volunteer as tribute, <laughs> you know? So for him, it was a very important moment to, to beat his, I guess, sensei or Sith master, <laughs> you know, like that's the rule of two right there that I was mentioning earlier, you know, like it is, it is custom in Sith lore to take out your master the apprentice will eventually overthrow the master. And that's why, like, Palpatine is extra pissed that Vader gets burnt to a crisp. Because he won't ever fully realize, you know, Sith powers because he can't use Sith lightning and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, his role eventually 
is to have a Sith apprentice who will, you know, kill him and take his spot. And it's been like that for centuries and centuries. And that is what Kreese did. And he wanted Johnny to be his fucking, like, take me down and take over Cobra Kai. But Johnny's too much of a bleeding heart because yeah. Johnny's a good person. You know, he he's all about teaching kids confidence and like sticking up for themselves and 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 feeling better about who you are. Whereas Crease is like only the strong survive. You have to make it out of this cruel, cruel world. Yeah. No mercy. Yeah, exactly. Johnny's all about be a badass, but be a good badass. Don't be a dick mm-hmm. badass. Yeah, I mean, this whole fight's crazy. I, oh, there's a really cool moment in the fight, though. Fucking Hawk has his official change of heart, and he saves Dimitri Mm -hmm. from getting his arm broken again. Yep, yep. And you knew that was going to happen. You throughout the season, from from that moment where he had the hesitation when he broke his arm the first time, and then through subsequent clashes with Kreese when he brings in the bullies, like, do we kind do we really need these people for Cobra Kai? He's been questioning sort of Kreese's methods and and has been. You know, he had second guesses of what's going on. So he already had that doubt. You knew at this at some point he was going to flip. So yeah. I saw that. And I'm like, that's right, Hawk. You go kick him in the face. <laughs> um, Loved it. Though, if I were Dimitri, I don't think I'd be able to forgive Hawk. So he's oh, yeah, yeah. That was like super. He's like, all right, <laughs> cool. We're buddies again. I'd be like, you're a dick. You broke my arm. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good that they teamed up, but I, I think um, obviously that relationship's going to be explored a little bit more mm-hmm. because the trio isn't the same. They're all different dudes in their lives now, mm-hmm. you know, because Miguel is part of that trio. And I think season four is going to focus on, since they're going to be under the same banner, you know, coming together as a team again. Which will also highlight, you know, Johnny and Daniel working together. Because uh, our penultimate battle, which is the battle at Mustafar, literally. um, Fucking Johnny and Daniel, everyone starts to realize that Cobra Kai has terrorized the LaRusso home. Um, Sam has a cool little comeback girl moment, whatever. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> she fucking fights Tori and she feels great. She's like, get out of my house. And I was like, bitch, you should have done that like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Miyagi's picture got smashed. She, need, like, she needed to hear the words that Daniel said to her about like Mr. Miyagi telling him that you're the only one who can bring yourself out of your funk or something to that effect where she was like, that's right. Yeah. I can do that. Let me get this stick and beat your ass. There were a yeah. lot of moments like that during that fight, and it was, like, too many, like, you know, flashbacks <laughs> of, like, mentors telling them what they should do, and I'm like, yeah. all right, enough. <laughs> I <laughs> get, get the idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there was a lot of, like, start and go, especially since the fight scene was also being interjected with scenes of the adults at the country club. Mm-hmm. It kind of, like, broke up the pacing of the fight. 
you know? Yeah. So you're seeing Miguel getting fucking beaten like a dog by Kyler for, like, the longest. And it takes forever for that part of the fight to get resolved. So the whole time, every time it cuts, I'm just like, is Miguel going to get out of that headlock ever? <laughs> it's not until, like, five scenes later that you get a resolution to it. It just kind of, it, it breaks up the flow. And it sucks because there are some really cool moments, like, um... You know, when you're in the courtyard of the LaRusso house and you see the kids fight through the hallway mm-hmm. in the with the clear glass. I mean, I think that's a really cool um, direction that they took with that. And, you know, it goes to show that the fight sequences in this show are, you know, well produced and well choreographed and well put together. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why which is why we come back to this show ultimately to see people do karate. fake ass karate miguel had like this one move where he finally like also when he had his moment of mentors telling him get your shit together when he finally gets out of the headlock and he like runs at kyler and does this move where he kind of like flips over him and like picks him up and like throws him down i was like yo that's right do that again miguel shit was bad yeah I mean, there were cool moments. Um, the the episode ends with everyone finding out that Cobra Kai started this assault, and Larusso's obviously pissed because it's his house. But Johnny goes because he sees Miguel beat to shit, and Carmen, thank God, because I was nervous because you know how Carmen's kind of like I don't really like the karate, but then she comes around to it. So. When she first opens the door, I was super nervous that she was going to be mad at Johnny. And I was like, dude, he wasn't even there. It's like, no, it wasn't you know him. I mean? It wasn't like, him. He wasn't even there. He didn't even know what was going on. He was at a country club. Please don't be mad at him. Please, please, please. And she wasn't. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> but he does see Miguel hurt. And he's like, who the fuck did this? And he is ready to go. And so then he confronts fucking Crease, And they... Fight. Yes, and it is so Loved it. good. It's a good fight. Well, wait, who's sees... there with Kreese? Oh, Robbie. <laughs> Robbie, yeah, fucking bitch ass Robbie. Robbie's fully turned to the dark side now, and he's like watching these two dudes fight. And there's this <laughs> super funny moment, and it's just like my new favorite meme of all time now. But Robbie steps up to Johnny. And he's like, I'm going to take you on, old man. And Johnny's like, Johnny's like, don't do it, kid. Like, please, I don't want to hurt my own son. Like, you can see it in his face. And I knew, right? Because Robbie, Robbie being a young kid and being a badass and whatever, he's not a trained, you know, black belt in karate like a sensei like like Johnny is. And he's bigger than the kid. Like, way bigger. So, Robbie's like, fuck you, dad. And Johnny just momentums his ass into the fucking lockers and he fucks his face up. (laughs) That was amazing. He's like, oh, shit. It's so stupid. It's the equivalent of a Skywalker getting their arm chopped off. Like, that was his moment. He just went, blink, into the fucking thing. And he's knocked out of commission. And so Johnny, Johnny feels so bad that he's fucked his son up. And he's like, Robbie, Robbie, Robbie are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Fuck. Wake up, Robbie. I didn't mean to hurt you, but you, you left me no I didn't choice, mean to hurt you, bitch. but you kind of had it coming because you were being a dick. Yeah. And so then Kreese picks up a fucking knife. And I was like, dude, if he stabs Johnny, I quit the show. 
(laughs) I can't handle it. But he just hits him with the hilt. Basically, it's just like badass fucking battle, dude. Essentially, the way I see it, fucking Kreese is Palpatine, Johnny is Obi-Wan, and Robbie is fucking good old fucking Anakin. (laughs) It's just so perfect. It fits so well. And uh, Danny, being the wild card that he is, shows up at the end (laughs) to fuck on Kreese because Johnny's all fucked up. So he's like, I need to tap out of this one. He's like, tag in. And so then Lar- <laughs> Danny, you're Larusso's up. Like, LaRusso pulls up and he's like, you fucked my house up, bitch. <laughs> Leave my house and my daughter alone, you fucking psychopath. And Crease is like, I've been waiting for this moment. And you know what? Danny has his fucking full circle moment and he pulls out the fucking, what's it called? The pressure point shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at that point, I mean, like you mentioned, cool. he he pulled up, he pulled out the side, and he, he knocks out Johnny with the hill. But at that point, when he gets thrown through the glass, and like he has his moment where he's like on top, of, he's about to f- grab a shard of glass and like really go to town oh, yeah. on fucking Danny. He, there was no, there's no Danny. hilt to that glass. He was gonna straight up cut Danny with that. Yeah. Well, he doesn't like Danny. No, yeah. He likes Johnny. Exactly. Sorry, sorry, Danny. Like <laughs> you're gonna get Ex- shanked. Well, yeah, because even even at this point, when when Johnny first Vietnam shows up, shank. doesn't Crease tell him like this is your absolute last chance? He's given him like three last chances to join, and he's like, no, this is your absolute last chance. So you can clearly see he really wants Johnny to be part of the crew. So yeah, he didn't want to have to really like severely hurt him, but he had no misgivings about cutting Danny Larusso. And that's when he gets yeah. back to the chosen thing where he's like, sometimes the way to like if somebody if your enemy insists on waging war, take away their ability to wage war. And he's like, ba 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 ba, nerve points, and his arms just like go dead. Loved it. That's right. Suck it, Crease. Miss Sarah. No, I agree. Um, I really love that. It just reminds me of the other movies where like he learns a new trick and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna try it out. And Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did. And then of course Sam has to come and be like, Dad, don't I wanted him it's like, to like not <laughs> crease it. Yeah. yeah. God fucking he's a crazy person. Oh well. <laughs> it basically it, yeah, they have this big old fight and Robbie sides with Crease and it breaks Johnny and Daniel's heart. You can see it, because they mm-hmm. both felt like they failed Robbie as a father. Both of them, you know, this is their greatest failure. And, um, you know, he was a chosen one. He was supposed to destroy the Sith, not, you know, join them. So, uh, they come together and, um, the episode ends with Johnny and Daniel starting their first lesson with a combined dojo. But not before Chris tells them, we're going to settle this at the All-Valley Tournament. All we just Valley beat the shit tournament. out of each other, but loser leaves. <laughs> I found that moment, like... All-Valley. That was... I, I could have done without that. They could have just left that moment out. And it would have been... <laughs> eh. Your video's frozen. I'm sorry, it was just distracting me. I... It it, it froze for a, it froze for a second for all of us. I was like, uh, I was. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but it was just after they had that like epic throwdown, you know, throwing people through glass, blooding each other up, taking a side, almost cutting each other. He's like, "Well, let's settle this at the karate tournament." Oh 
Jesus. I'm like, so stupid. And he's like, if what is it? If he loses, then he'll leave yeah, the valley forever. Exactly. And he's like, and if we win, you guys leave the valley. I'm like, you are about to fucking kill me. And you just want to like go to a karate tournament now? Is that is I, like I actually have a home and a business here? <laughs> it's like I can't yeah. leave. Like you were living in a homeless shelter, weren't you? Dude, facts. And and you know that's the end of the season. We we are now leading up to the All Valley tournament, which is what I'm assuming will be probably the final season, right? I can't. I, mean, I, so. I, can't, I can't wait for the return the of though. Terry Silver. Terry Silver. Is that Stingray? Well, the guy that he saves who comes up to him at the end, they don't say it, but they kind of imply it. When he's like, you saved me. Whatever you need, man, I'm there for you for the rest of your life. And then he makes that phone call at the end. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to need you for a second. Oh, yeah, his friend, his Vietnam friend. Yeah, and you know from Karate Kid 3, Terry Silver was one of his Vietnam buddies. Terry Silver was the guy who fronted him the money to start Cobra Kai because he's like this giant billionaire now. Um, I forget what like industry he's in, but he's made his millions since uh, since Vietnam. So I'm imagining that the guy that he called at the very end of the season was Terry Silver. So I'm excited oh. to see a possible return of Terry Silver in season four. Interesting. I didn't know this. You see, because I, I watched the television show without having seen the film. Mm. <laughs> because the show gives me a pretty good understanding. <laughs> I don't need to go back and watch it. I mean, I will, you know, since I like it so much now that, like, you know, I have to see where it started. I got to get invested <laughs> in the cheese. But for now, you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty okay. And that's what I love about this show. Like, anyone can really pick it up if they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't you, have to have this deep understanding exactly. of Karate Kid lore. They give you enough of the backstory of whatever you need to know from the first three movies to understand what's going on in the series. So it's not like you're totally lost if you hadn't watched any of the three movies. No. No. True. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you guys, um, any predictions for season four and the All-Valley Tournament? What yes. are your predictions? Predictions. Um, I think Tori and Robbie are going to be the new Cobra Kai power couple. Mm. Um, also, whatever happened to that girl who gave the other girl the front wedgie? She got, like, taken off the show. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they Aisha. just wrote her off. Yeah, they just wrote her. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, she, her, because of what happened at the school, her family just up and left, and that was like all they up said about left. it. Oh man, Ugh. yeah, right. and that was like first episode too. Yeah, yeah. Moving forward, <laughs> um, I think they're gonna be the new power couple. Um, I'm trying to remember what else I thought was gonna happen. Um, Miguel is definitely not going to continue on uh as far as like the all county champion yeah you don't think he's gonna get like defend his title i think he will but i don't know if he's gonna get it this round because of how poorly he dealt kyler yeah that's true he got his ass beat pretty bad yeah but he he just started karate back again you know after being out of commission for so long that's true um 
What about you, Berto? What What do you feel is going to happen in so as the next season? As far as the All Valley, like if you get to like the very end, I'm trying to think of who is going to be like the epic matchup of who faces who and who moves on. Uh, I agree that I I don't think Miguel is going to like repeat as the All Valley champion. I think he's going to get deep into the tournament, but eventually he's going to lose out to, I don't know if it's going to be to Robbie or to Kyler, but I think it's going to be like one of the pivotal moments when he loses in the tournament uh, just because of like the position that he has in the show. He's um, Johnny's number one student. He was the previous champ. So I think that's going to be a pivotal moment. I think, I think maybe that'll be a, like a situation for Hawk to sort of jump in be like the hope for the combined Miyagi-Do and Eagle Fang Dojo. I don't think Sam's going to be the one to to take up the mantle and win it for them. I think that she's got too much issues going on, and she might have shown that she got over her her issues with with Tori. But I I don't think that she's going to be the one to to carry the torch all the way. Uh, so I'm curious to see how that plays out. But I think Hawk will be the one to take it all the way for Miyagi Do Eagle Fang, whatever the combined name's going to be. More so than that, I'm curious to see how Terry Silver is going to play if that is Terry Silver, because in Karate Kid three. When they like, long story short, and TLDR for the movie, he comes in and they try and do like this trap, this plot to, you know, humiliate Daniel LaRusso when they get him to join Cobra Kai and make him sort of like the laughing stock at the next All Valley tournament. And that's really the, the role that he played. I'm curious mm-hmm. to see what they do when they bring him back in, because at this point, all you know about him is that, you know, he was a Vietnam, Vietnam buddy. If you hadn't seen season uh, Karate Kid three, you don't know about like the millions of dollars that he has. So I'm curious to see what role he's going to play. But I'm cu- it, it's clear that he's going to have some kind of impact. What that impact is, not sure. So I'm I'm, I'm very interested to see what uh, what happens there on the Cobra Kai side. Hmm. Interesting, interesting predictions, you guys. Well, with that being said, um, let's go ahead and wrap it up. I'm going to ask you guys, how many eagle fangs are you giving this season? Um, Whoever would like to start, feel free. Um, Seven and a half out of ten. Oh! And this is is more than your previous uh, review, right? Yes. We did Karate Chops last time, and I gave it 6 out of 10 Karate Chops. Um, I'm giving it another point and a half, just because the fight sequences in this season were delicious, and I loved every moment of them. Um, I also like the character development that they gave to Kreese, even though I don't like feeling empathetic towards (laughs) Kreese. But... They still don't get a 10 out of 10 from me because that was a really slow start to the season. And I feel like they could have paced it a little better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, Berto. I am giving it eight eagle fangs. Eight eagle fangs. Uh, they, Tell me about it. They, I, I think it's a step up from, from season two for me. I think it, it, it's, uh, it succeeds in places that season two didn't. Uh, the fight scenes very well done i liked again the character development with sarah sarah just mentioned it 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 gives you a little bit more insight into all the characters you get some you know some closure into what happened with danny and and chosen you uh you finally see danny and and johnny realizing that hey 
you're kind of an asshole just like I am. That doesn't make you a bad person because then that means I'm a bad person if you're like me. So they're kind of realizing that they're two sides of the same coin in a way. Uh, and that's kind of yeah. why they butt heads. So it's really cool to to see everyone getting a little bit more uh, personal growth. So I definitely do like that. I agree with the point also on the on the on the pacing. I think pacing was kind of an issue in a few of the episodes where some episodes were like super frantic and some episodes were kind of like a lot of talking, a lot of character development. I think they, that could have been done a little bit better to make the season seem a little bit more consistent. Uh, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Otherwise, I would not have watched it all in once in one day. Nice. Um, I'm giving uh, Cobra Kai Season 3 Revenge of the Sith um, <laughs> 8 Eagle Fangs out of 10, um, which is pretty consistent with the last um, rating that I gave this show. I gave the show 8 out of 10 Karate Chops, and I feel confident keeping it at an 8 out of 10 uh, Eagle Fang. Um, I thought it was a good season. I think maybe I was a little overhyped for it because there were people who were telling me that it was like the best season of Cobra Kai, that it was the best thing that they'd seen, you know, and I, I went in there with these very high expectations, so maybe I did a disservice to myself in that sense, but I did still enjoy the show very, very much. It is still got the same fighting spirit that, you know, the YouTube premium version of the show had. Um, you can definitely tell that there's some steps up. Um, like I think the chore the choreography and some of the fight sequences were a lot more mature and a lot better, um, and a lot better, um, filmed, you know, like you could, you could definitely read the action very well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you also got more licensed music. <laughs> Yeah. You know, there was some journey in there, like some good 80s um, classics in there. Um, so kudos on getting some licensed music. Um, and also they went to Japan, you know, which it, which probably ate up at their budget a little bit, too. But, you know, I think it's really important and really cool that they did that um, because Daniel desperately needed the character development for me. And I finally have reached the point in the show where, like, I don't hate Danny LaRusso. <laughs> I like Danny LaRusso now. Like, he's kind of okay. He's not bad. Um, like Berto said, the pacing's a little bit off in some places. And I wish that the flashback sequences were um, recorded differently. I'm, I, my partner and I are nerds and my partner in particular because we were in the service. I was in the service and they're still in. But fucking the uniforms that were they were wearing at first were completely wrong in <laughs> Vietnam. So just like little things like that. Like, come on, you guys. Just a little bit of research in the costume department. But you know what? Whatever. Like, it is a cheesy show. It is what it is. And you get what you get. And you know what? I still like it. I still love it. And I love karate. I'm like Spongebob. You know? <laughs> like a karate fanatic. Um, you guys, this is so much fun to record with you. Um, thanks for watching the show as quickly as you did, quicker than me, and being able to have a nice conversation with me about it. I really had a great time. Absolutely. What a way to start off the new year. Hell yes. yeah. Happy New Year. And you know what? New Year, new us, new things to plug and promote. So Sarah, you know how this goes. You're the first one, ladies first. Let's hear it. 2021. 
What you I got? was at the studio. I've been at the studio. I was at the studio yesterday. I'm not sure when this is being uploaded, but yesterday was January 4th. Um, I'm hoping to release music within the next month or two, March at the very latest. So if you go on, follow me on Instagram, that's where I'm going to announce it most likely. So it's going to be su.hey. L-A-H, which is Suhela, which is my little name, which is my stage name, which is why I'm making music. Sweet. And um, just to piggyback off of that, I will be uploading this episode on Friday the 8th. Beautiful. So when um, uh, Cobra Kai was supposed to come out. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, this really does come out uh, the day that Cobra Kai was supposed to come out. All right, Berto. Let the people at home know what you got going on. Well, I am one third of a group of dudes that talk video games every other week. We are the Split Screen Cynics, and we record, like I mentioned, every other week live on Wednesdays. Uh, We recorded as of this recording last Wednesday, so the next one is going to be Wednesday the, what is it, the 13th of January. Uh, So, yeah. So we're doing, we talk video games, we play games, we talk about the news, uh, conspiracy theories, uh, tangents. We go off on a lot of tangents every now and then, but it's fun. <laughs> we have fun with it. So check it out. We're uh, twitch.tv slash split screen cynics and also Twitter split screen cynics, except drop the E's because character limits. Yeah, you guys, I mean, really do go check them out. Split Screen Cynics also just reached affiliate status on Twitch, which is super cool. Congratulations, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone. And thank you, Shannon, for helping plug us because that really helped us to get over that that mark to get us to affiliate. Thanks for even just having me on your podcast because then I can have you guys on my podcast, which is so lovely. Um... Thanks again for coming, you guys. I always have so much fun podcasting. It's It feels so good to be back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something kind of different between podcasting and streaming um, because podcasting is just – I really do feel like I'm just sitting here talking to you guys about um, something that all of us really enjoy, and it happens to be Cobra Kai today. So thank you so, so much. Um, when I am not podcasting, I am streaming on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash cybershannon with two ends at the end because someone already took cyber shannon the fucking idiot (laughs) rude give it to me um yeah no there's two ends at the end which seems to confuse a lot of people but i digress um sarah and i have a podcast coming up in the works together where we will be talking about um Miyazaki films and Studio Ghibli, which is so, so, so exciting for me. I love Studio Ghibli. I'm sure you like Studio Ghibli too, Berto. I mean, who doesn't? Oh, love. It's magical. Exactly. (laughs) It's just, it's just so good. I I love Studio Ghibli. I can't wait to talk about it. And especially with Sarah, because she's been on so many podcasts with me at this point. Um, You guys have really been with me on this podcast journey from the start. So it's really cool to be able to keep doing podcasts with you guys. And um, this Ghibli podcast is going to be a little bit different because it is also a bit, uh, it's got going to have some focus on some informational bits. (laughs) Informational. I don't even know if that's a word. (laughs) Informative. Informative bits about um, (laughs) Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli from uh, your two resident stoners. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, I hope you guys can enjoy that. It's going to be so nice. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be a fun change of pace. And um, I hope you guys like it. Um, thanks for being on the show, you guys. Thank thanks you. Thank you. Thank us. you for having Sweet. us. Anything else you guys want to let the people at home know? One more time. I'm sorry. Anything else you want the people at home to know about? Um, no. I'm <laughs> <on>. <laughs> well, you know what? To end the show, don't be a pussy. Strike first, strike hard. No mercy. Hash brown me too. Hash brown me Hash too. Hash brown me too. <laughs> Bye, you Have guys. yourself a cord banquet. <laughs>